We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Tuesday, June the 2nd, 2020. On today's show, I give my thoughts. Guys, it is magazine season. Athlon has officially dropped. Athlon Sports has dropped their SEC preseason magazine. I will go through. You guys are going to get my live reactions to what Athlon thinks of the Gamecocks in 2020, their entire preview of the SEC, South Carolina, breaking down each position unit, literally everything you can think of. You guys are going to hear my live reactions as to what Athlon thinks of the Gamecocks in 2020. So sit back, relax. going to be a very exciting show. It's all brought to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. Go down the SeatGeek app. Go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP. You're going to save $20 off your first purchase. Guys, they're the best ticket buying app by far. They are changing the game when it comes to buying tickets. They got a great ticket rating system, which rates the tickets for you based on the type of deal you're getting, guys. So never again do you have to scalp. You have to worry about, am I overpaying? You know, is the person next to me getting a better deal? Like wondering where, you know, where are you even sitting? Guys, and I have to warn you, sports are coming back, okay? I know there's a lot of craziness in the world right now. We all know that. But sports slowly but surely are going to come back. You can buy football tickets right now on sale. I can almost guarantee you there will be a college football season. So you want to make sure you're ahead of it and that you're getting the absolute best bang for your buck. And SeatGeek is going to be the way to do that. You can buy tickets to literally anything. South Carolina Gamecock sporting events, pro sporting events, concerts, comedy, comedy club events, you name it. Whatever you need tickets to, SeatGeek has got it. So, again, that's our friends at SeatGeek. Go down to SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP, that's S-P-R-S-U-P, to save $20 off your first purchase. Let's get it. All right, hello everyone. Happy Tuesday. I'm Chris Phillips, host the Spurs Up Show. As always, throwing you guys a change up on this Tuesday. I know I said we'd have an interview. I'm switching it up a little bit because it is officially, officially, officially magazine season. Preseason magazine season. I don't know if you guys knew this about me. I am big into the preseason magazines. I've literally got it right here in front of me. I went to like four different places looking for this Athlon preseason magazine. I normally get them all. I normally get – I know, well, actually, I normally get Athlon and I'll get Phil, Phil Steeles. I think this year I might get another one, but uh, had to get the Athlon. We're all starving for college football. I did this last year as well, actually, giving my thoughts and just kind of going through and seeing what Athlon had to say about the Gamecocks. 
So I'm going to do that again. And a lot of very interesting stuff. I've read some of it, some of it I haven't. So it's going to be a lot of like instant reaction. You guys are going to hear my immediate reactions to it. Again, most of this stuff I've never seen. And shout out to those guys at Athlon, by the way. I'm not going to go through everything. And this magazine literally has so much information on every single team that you're going to want this. So be sure to go buy the magazine, by the way. I don't think I don't want you guys to think I'm like uh, – you know, ripping off Athlon or anything. I certainly don't want. I certainly don't want Athlon to come after my ass. But no, a lot of fun. Just reactions to what Athlon thinks of the Gamecocks going into 2020. Very exciting stuff. It's giving us that little taste of football. I figured, you know what? Bump the bump the uh, the interview. We'll bump that back to Thursday. We'll have that. But I'm excited, man. I went and got. Like I said, I went to like four different places to get this magazine. So we're gonna dive into that before we do a couple of housekeeping items. As you guys always know. Be sure to rate and subscribe to the show. Be sure to rate the show. Leave it five stars. Leave your thoughts, your feedback, whether you're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever it might be. Leave a five-star review. It takes five seconds. Helps boost up the podcast. I know a ton of you have already done that. So if you've already done that, thank you so much. Appreciate the support. Also, if you're not subscribed, genuinely don't know what you're doing, hammer the subscribe button. You're going to get the daily notifications of when the podcast drops. Guys, it's a no-brainer you want to be subscribed to the show. So again, really do appreciate you guys the love, support, everything you do. Rate, subscribe to the show. You know what to do. Anyways, all right, let's dive into this. The Athlon Sports SEC preview. And of course, I'm in Columbia, so I got the one that is the South Carolina theme one. And what I mean by that is you guys know every different region of the country, they have different players on them. Um, you know, if you're in Columbia, they're going to have a South Carolina player. If you're in Athens, Georgia, you know, so on and so forth. So this one has Shai Smith on the front um, in the all-black jerseys, looking fresh. This is the tone of it, though. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you guys this. This is the tone of it. And really throughout, this is the tone for South Carolina. Literally the cover of the magazine. Again, it's Shai Smith. But in big letters, it says, make or break for Muschamp. Make or break for Muschamp. And that is literally – the tone and the feel of it throughout the entire thing. So when you go through, and again, I'm really just flipping through pages. They got their top 25. Obviously, South Carolina did not make the top 25. The first thing that jumped out to me, though, is they have their ranking the rest section, which obviously ranks all the other college football teams all the way through 130. South Carolina, if you look for South Carolina, they are ranked 47th, by the way. 47th. And by the way, I do want to go back through and just lift, list, off, list off the teams that South Carolina is playing that are in the top 25. Because, again, I don't need to remind anyone how tough the schedule is, but it's just kind of fun to go through. Clemson's number one for them. Clemson's number one. Florida's number six. Georgia's number seven. LSU's number eight. So you play one, six, seven, eight in the top ten. You got A&M at 11th, preseason 11th. Um, A&M's 11th. I just saw Auburn was 13th. We don't play them. How about this? North and I know the South Carolina doesn't play them. North Carolina is 18th preseason by Athlon. Preseason. Unreal. Unreal. Um, so again, okay, so that's all you play in the top 25, but you literally play one, six, seven, eight, and eleven. I mean, that's 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 plenty. That's plenty enough. But South Carolina ranked 47th. Some of the notable teams, by the way, ahead of South Carolina. Tennessee's at 26. You obviously play them. Kentucky is at 32nd. You play them. Um, 
let's see. Just SEC teams. Ole Miss is at 38. Appalachian State is at 42nd. South Carolina is at 47th. Then at 48th, you have Mississippi State. Again, SEC, you don't play them. Um, Missouri, who you do play, is at 52nd. So only five spots behind South Carolina. Mm, oh, boy, where does Vanderbilt fall? They must be waiting. Arkansas is at 74th. Let's see. Vanderbilt is at 96th. East Carolina to 100th, who the Gamecocks uh, play in week two. Coastal Carolina, who you open up with, is 115th. So, yeah, so those first two games should be does. But, I mean, for sure, just speaking to the schedule. But I'm curious to hear, there's going to be a lot of, by, by the way, I'm expecting this episode to be a lot of feedback. I almost thought about doing this as just a live, like, kind of conversation, if you will. And I might do this, might do that at some point, too just to get you guys' reactions. Um, and I'm going to be making a lot of social media clips because I want to get you guys' reactions because, you know, what do you think about South Carolina being 47th? I mean, I, I, I think it's a little low. I don't know that South Carolina necessarily deserves any more respect, though, which is unfortunate. You take a look at the conference predictions, jumping to the SEC, and this is going to spoil the, the record and all that stuff, but who cares? They've got South Carolina finishing fifth in the SEC East. They do have the Gamecocks making a bowl game. Six and six, three and five in the SEC, though. Three and five in the SEC. I'm going to get to that point in just a second. But you got, they've actually got Florida winning the East, going 11 and two, seven and one in the conference. Then they've got Georgia, 10 and two, six and two. Tennessee finishing third, eight and four, five and three. Kentucky finishing fourth, seven and five, four and four. And then South Carolina, Missouri sixth. At five and seven and two and six, and Vanderbilt seventh, three and nine, and zero oh and eight in the SEC. They've got the Gamecocks in the Music City Bowl, taking on Iowa, taking on Iowa. So again, I'm going to talk about that just just a little bit more. Uh, going to talk about that a little bit more in just a second. But looking at the All American teams, by the way, you're asking yourself, Chris, why would you look at those? Who would who do we have that's going to make it? We have no one. But again, what jumped off the page to me in this is that Sam Howell, the North Carolina quarterback is the third team preseason, all American quarterback. He is a true, he he was a true freshman last year. Same as Ryan Alinsky. It's crazy. What some good coaching will do for a young quarterback's career. Am I right? Um, Okay. Going over the top units in the country, South Ghana was not ranked in any of these. As far as in the top five, which is the main ones, they did, however, come in the top 25 of one of the units, and that's the defensive backs units. You can all imagine South Carolina ranked, they have them ranked 19th in the country. Tennessee right behind them at 20th. Um, So, yeah, 19th overall in the country as far as defensive back units. Um, The SEC obviously ranked the top conference in the country. That's not a question. The they did do let's see they do have coaches on the hot seat. Coaches on the hot seat. Will how about this by the way? Will Muschamp's obviously on this list, but it goes Clay Helton, Kevin Sumlin, Derek Mason is number three. Derek Mason is number three. Will Muschamp at fourth. I'll read this guys to you. He's at fourth, and it says the man they call Boom will have to turn things around quickly after his team stumbled through a four and eight season. Muschamp has turned to an old friend, former Georgia teammate Mike Bobo, to jumpstart an offense that ranked 12th in the SEC in scoring and 13th in yards per play. Um, so definitely Muschamp, nothing we don't know. He's on the hot seat. 
they do rank the Mike Bobo hire as the eighth top coordinator hire for this year. So, very, very interesting stuff. Um, okay, I think we're going to go ahead and – yeah, we're going to go ahead and jump to – okay, the top units in the SEC. Where South Carolina ranks as far as the top units in the SEC. <clears throat> so South Carolina, and let's this is this is where it's going to get very fun, very interesting. They have South Carolina, and again, I'm going down how South Carolina ranks in the SEC. This is position unit by position unit, okay? Out of all 14 teams in the SEC. They have the Gamecocks ranked 11th in the SEC in quarterbacks, 11th. At running backs, 13th. Wide receivers, 10th. Offensive linemen or offensive line unit, 9th. Defensive line unit, 9th. Linebacker core, 11th. And defensive backs, 6th. So literally only one position unit out of all the position units at Carolina, rank in the top half of the conference according to Athlon. Now, do I think some of those numbers are low? Yes, but I think the reason a lot of those numbers are low is because there are a lot of unknowns. You know, it's crazy when you look at the returning leaders for the SEC, by the way. Ryan Linsky is the third returning quarterback, basically. Ranks third. As far as passing yards, like he's the third most productive quarterback returning. Um, so, you know, I mean, I think a lot of those numbers are – they're a little bit low because there are a lot of unknowns, like I said. There are a lot of unknowns. Jordan Birch does rank as the fourth incoming recruit in the SEC, fourth best. Marshawn Lloyd ranks as the 21st best incoming recruit. So, those are your two guys, right? We, we all knew that. Those are your two guys. Listen to this. All right, let's <laughs> – the All-SEC teams by Athlon. Preseason All-SEC teams by Athlon. Jamie Newman, the transfer from Wake Forest, their first-team quarterback. South Carolina, I just think that's very interesting. I have Jamie Newman. I guess they expect him to be that good. South Carolina has no one on the first team. Sedarius Hutcherson lands on the preseason second team for Athlon. Um, also on defense, you have defensive lineman Aaron Sterling, who is on the second team. On the third team, and that's all you have on the second team. I know a lot of you are asking, where is J.C. Horn? Where is Israel Mukwamu? Nowhere to be found. Not on the first and second team. On the third team, you have Ernest Jones, linebacker Ernest Jones, third-team linebacker. You've got J.C. Horn, third-team defensive back. And you've also got Jamie Robinson, third-team safety, so getting some love there. And then the fourth team, so that's all for the third team. The fourth team, you have Parker White as your fourth-team kicker. That's it. And, folks, that is – I mean, listen, I, I am as hard as anyone. I'm, I'm almost just double-checking here. I'm as hard as anyone on Israel Mukwamu, but you cannot tell me he does not belong 
on at least the fourth team all SEC team preseason off just off what he did last year I, I don't see it I I do not see that I mean Bryce Thompson's on the fourth team and, and no disrespect to Bryce Thompson I, I know he's one of Tennessee's best players defensive players but come on man come on really really ranking the SEC's top coaches God, I remember last – what was it, last week or was it two weeks ago when fans lost their shit because I said Mark Stoops was a better head football coach than Will Muschamp. Well, guess what? Athlon agrees with me too. Um, Will Muschamp ranking 11th. Again, this is all according to Athlon. Ranking 11th, though, amongst all SEC head coaches. Mark Stoops, 7th. So, and I'll read what they say about Muschamp. After Muschamp's six and seven debut in 2016, the Gamecocks took a step forward with a nine and four mark in 17. However, the program has failed, failed to build off that nine win season. South Carolina finished seven six in 2018 and regressed to four and eight last year. Under Muschamp's direction, the Gamecocks are just 15 and 17 in SEC play and have lost by 21 or more points to rival Clemson in four consecutive matchups. Prior to taking over at South Carolina, Muschamp went 28-21 and 21 as the head coach of Florida and has prior stops in the SEC as an assistant at Auburn and LSU. Muschamp has recruited well and upgraded his staff with quality additions this offseason. However, with a buyout that is more manageable after the 2020 season, getting to a bowl game is a must. And again, I don't think there's anything that they are telling us that we did not know. Ten things to watch in the SEC, the ninth, Storyline is must chant faces the music. I'm not going to regurgitate everything because, again, it's all stuff that we are familiar with. Now, getting into the team-specific South Carolina page, I'll go ahead and jump straight into the record. They've got South Carolina again, 6-6, six and 3-5 six, and five in the SEC. Here's what they say about the verdict on South Carolina season before I dive into what they say and things that stand out about what they talked about the South Carolina team. With four games against potential college football playoff teams in Clemson, Florida, Georgia, and LSU, plus another matchup against a possible top 10 team in Texas A&M, there's not a lot of wiggle room for a coach trying to get himself off the hot seat. Will Muschamp will need two highly rated incoming freshmen to live up to their considerable billing and running back Marshawn Lloyd and defensive end Jordan Birch. Both are capable of doing so, and they could spell the difference between a season of progress or another stuck in neutral. New offensive coordinator Mike Bobo needs to get more out of the quarterback position than USC had a year ago. Defensively, the pieces are there to keep USC in most games, but the question is, will a minor bowl game be enough to save Muschamp his job? And that really got me to thinking, because a lot of you are asking, you know, what will be the record that Muschamp will be fired again? Everybody knows my feelings on it. I don't have to dive into, well, this is how I feel about Will Muschamp. You guys get it. And it made me think, again, with what they have, 6-6, six 3-5 six, in the SEC. Okay, you look at the schedule. Coastal ECU, Mizzou, at Kentucky, at Florida, Tennessee, A&M, at Vandy, Georgia, at LSU, Wofford, at Clemson. 6-6 six and six in that, that schedule, 3-5 and five in the SEC. Where are the three SEC wins coming from? They don't give it game by game, obviously, but where are they probably? You have to think they're coming from Vanderbilt, Missouri, and at Kentucky, you'd have to imagine. Even though they have Kentucky going 7-5 and five and 4-4 four and four in the SEC, I have to imagine they've got it coming from Kentucky. So I ask you, the Gamecock fan, 
the, the Gamecock fan that's tuned in, and I'll probably ask this on social media tomorrow as well, or today, I mean, whatever. If South Carolina goes 6-6 six and six and 3-5 and five in the SEC, and it's six wins, are Vanderbilt, are, it's six wins, are Vanderbilt, Missouri, Kentucky, ECU, Coastal, and Wofford. Is that enough for you that Will Muschamp should keep his job? And how much does the result of the other six matter in regards to whether Will Muschamp should still have a job after a six and six year or not? Because personally, me, I don't think that's good enough. I, I, I don't think you, you prove anything because what you have to see this year is true progress that the program is headed in the correct direction. I just don't think winning those six games gives you enough, tells you enough that the program is headed in the right direction. I mean, listen, those are six games you should win at Kentucky being the toughest of them all. But you still feel like those are six games you should win. Does a six and six year and three and five in the SEC with those six wins I mentioned, is that enough in your mind for Will Muschamp's job? Now, I've said that I've sort of switched up because of everything that's happened with the pandemic and the financial stresses that schools are going to feel, even though I think we're going to have college football and you're still going to get that TV money. So... The money should be there. I don't like that excuse, but I think that Ray Tanner and that crew will do everything it can that if Will Muschamp goes 6-6, six and six, they're going to try their damnedest to keep him around, even though I think they shouldn't, obviously. So, I just, you know, I'm curious. I'm just curious to know what fans think, is that if they go 6-6 six and six, and those six win- the six games I mentioned are your wins, is that truly enough to tell you that the program is headed in the right direction, that he deserves another year, two, whatever? I don't think so. And, again, the the losses in the other six will have a lot to say about that. But I, I just – I don't know. I don't think you can justify that's good enough. Um, when you take a look, and, again, I'm not going to go through this. If you guys have ever gotten the Athlon Magazine, like I said, if you haven't gotten it, you should. Um, really, really good stuff in here. And you can learn about all the other teams, too. But they go through and they break down quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, offensive line, all the position units. I'll tell you the biggest thing, besides the fact, I mean, they talk about it a bunch, about Will Muschamp, you know, his, his status as head coach, being on the hot seat. We all get that. I think one of the more interesting things, and from the tone that I get, the tone that I get from this, this write-up, these guys are not sold on Ryan Holinsky. These guys are not sold on Ryan Linsky being the long-term answer. Um, when they speak of the quarterbacks, they speak a lot of Colin Hill. They speak of Luke Doty. They point out Ryan Holinsky's honestly, shortcomings a year ago, his inconsistencies. They do mention the injuries, obviously. But they are very high on Colin Hill. And the fact that he's been in the Mike Bobo scheme, in the Mike Bobo offense. Similar belief to how I feel when they talk about Mike Bobo, I think this is going to be a run-heavy offense. I, I do. I think so. And I, and I want to get into – that kind of leads me into, by the way, 
I don't know if, if you guys have never gotten the magazine before. They have a section called Scouting the Whoever, where it's basically – it's supposed to be anonymous head coaches. Um, anonymous head coaches giving their opinions – or just coaches, I guess, in general, giving their opinions on said team. And so I do want to read this. Um, and actually, you know, I won't read it all. Just some of the highlights here that I think things that just kind of stood out and you're like, wow. Let's see. Here you go. So they obviously talk about, you know, they're searching for identity. Will Muschamp, his status job, blah, 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 whatever. I thought this was interesting. Schematically, it's – and this is, again, this is from an anonymous coach. Schematically, it's Will's defense, so it's in the Saban tree. They're going to give you lots of coverages. They're going to focus entirely on making the quarterback uncomfortable, get you in second and long and tee off. The problem is they're not as talented as most of the other teams in this league, in the league off this tree. So you're seeing a slowed-down version of a team you've already prepared for. How about that shit? Mm. The talent level is tough to measure. They're certainly not a top-level team, and that was the expectation for Will. Is Mike Bobo going to run the old Georgia stuff? I don't think you can look at Colorado State's offense as an example. The personnel and the competition are night and day. They passed out of necessity, basically. We think he wants to be a run-first, downhill offense and take a lot of pressure off of Ryan Holinsky. He was really inconsistent and may not be the long-term answer, which is scary when you're going into a hot seat here. And those that's from an anonymous coach. That's not from Athlon. That's an anonymous coach. So, I mean, that, you know, that, that jumps off the page. You know, that, that really jumps off the page. I mean, a coach saying that South Carolina is trying to run a scheme that basically it doesn't have it's, – it's, it's running a scheme similar to other teams, but we're just not as good at them – as good as them at it. And then, again, like I said, I was surprised a little bit at the, the skepticism of Ryan Alinsky and just him being the long-term answer. You know, him being the long-term answer. Um. Going back to sort of breaking down the units, you know, they obviously talk about the losses at running back, but the emergence of maybe a guy, Marshawn Lloyd, him being the dude for South Carolina, uh, all the losses that are, you know, the, the, the lack of guys coming back at the receiver position. Um, offensive line should be pretty solid for South Carolina. Defensive line, we'll see. They talk a lot about Zach Pickens. Um, linebackers, a lot of veteran guys, Ernest Jones and Sherrod Green should be nice there. One thing they said about the defensive backs, this is from Athlon, J.C. Horner, Israel McQuamu could be the best cornerback tandem in the SEC. McQuamu has the numbers, five career interceptions, including three in a stunning upset of Georgia, while Horn commands the respect, zero career takeaways, but not many teams throw to his side. So a lot of praise for those two guys, which kind of is mind-blowing because if you're going to say that, how can Israel McQuamu not be – on even the fourth string All-SEC team preseason? Like, what? That just blows my mind. Um, yeah, but I mean, you know, Key Gamecocks, Ryan Linsky, Marshawn Lloyd, Chai Smith, Ernest Jones, J.C. Horn, I think that's pretty that, – that makes a lot of sense. Rising stars, Marshawn Lloyd. Um, I mean, you, you take a look at what's returning, and it's crazy. The top returning rusher for South Carolina – had 179 yards last year. It's Kevin Harris. 
the top receiver had 489 yards last year and two touchdowns. That's Shai Smith. After him, Josh Van, 19 catches, 171 yards, zero touchdowns. There's a reason people are saying that the receiving core is a question. Um, you do get Parker White back, which, again, I think will be huge for special teams. Um, you do lose, though, Charlton. Again, this is, this is all stuff I'm going to dive deep, deep into when I do my own preview. But, again, I just wanted to give you guys my takeaways on some of this stuff that's really interesting. Um, some of the numbers to know <clears throat> was stuff that I really thought stood out. Um, here's something that I, I really would not have guessed. 20.31 is a number. Will Muschamp and his offensive staff made tempo a priority in 2019. South Carolina snapped the ball 20.31 seconds after its previous offensive play on average last season, fastest in the SEC, and quicker than all but seven FBS teams. That is, I mean, dude, I would have never guessed that, to be honest with you. Would it, we, were, we, we ran tempo. No question, we ran tempo. And which, which, which almost irritates me even more about the, the Brian McClendon slander because Brian McClendon brought the offense fans wanted. But it was simply a lack of execution a lot of the time. Not saying he was perfect, but seemed like a lot of the time it was. Here's another number for you, 9.95. Only five FBS teams averaged fewer than 10 yards for pass completion in 2019. South Carolina gained 9.95 yard, 9.95 yards per pass completion, which was the lowest output in the conference and number 127 overall. And then this leads into that 5.8. Ryan Alinsky attempted 406 passes in 2019, which was more than all but one true freshman in FBS, Sam Howell. However, he averaged just 5.8 yards per attempt, worst among true freshmen with 250 or more pass attempts. So, yeah, um, you know, out, outside of that, I mean, that, that's, that's pretty much the summary of it. Again, I suggest you guys go get the magazine. It's, it's really good reading material. And, you know, I'm a big magazine guy. But, again, the biggest takeaways from it for me are simply there's a lot of unknowns on this South Carolina team, for sure, a ton. I'm honestly surprised at not just Athlon, but the amount of people – <clears throat> that I've seen giving South Carolina the credit to even pick them to go six and six to make a bowl game. I have been surprised at that. I, I you know, call me a hater. Call, I, I'm, I've just genuinely been surprised at the fact that we're getting that much benefit of the doubt from people after the debacle last year. So, you know, I, I'm picking South Carolina right now to go five and seven, you know, not too much different than what they have. Um, but yeah, I, I think again, what really stands out is just the unknowns that we have. And, but again, I think, and I think a lot of Gamecock fans will be taken aback by it because people listen, people are so loyal to Ryan Linsky. And I'm, I'm, I'm a Ryan Linsky fan. Like, don't, you know, I am, but I, I was, again, I think South Carolina fans a lot will be taken aback to the fact that Athlon's skeptical about him. Athlon's skeptical that he is the long-term answer at quarterback. And, and that's just – that was surprising to me. Like, I did not think that would be a major storyline going into this year, but it is, according to them. So, again, really, really interesting stuff. Um, go, go check them out. 
Athlon. The magazine is in stores. I think you can order it online too. Again, I'm a big, big magazine guy. And so I figured, hey, why not? This would be a lot of fun to go through this and you guys can hear my instant reaction and stuff like that. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, I mean, six and six is the prediction. I mean, it's crazy. They were talking South Carolina scored one touchdown in its last three games last season. In the last three games. So, I'll be honest, I think that's giving a lot of credit to a team that scored one touchdown the last three games, picking them to go six and six. I really do. So, we'll see. But, again, really, really good stuff. This, this stuff is awesome. This stuff is really awesome. So, I suggest you guys go check it out. Um, again, appreciate you guys tuning in. This is a lot of fun. I, I'm fired up. I, well, obviously, we're – we're in the depths of football content, which was like, you know what? This feels like the perfect thing to do for this episode. So why not? So um, again, appreciate you guys tuning in. Be sure to stay tuned to social media. I'm going to be talking about this a lot more, getting you guys' opinions, your thoughts. Um, but yeah, really do appreciate the love, support. Episode 253 in the books. We're breaking down the Vanderbilt Commodores on tomorrow's show. You might be thinking to yourself, oh my God, it's Vanderbilt. I'll skip that one. No, 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 no. Going to be very exciting. Going to be very good stuff. So again, appreciate you guys tuning in. Tune to that tomorrow. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much, guys.